Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message. Hello and welcome to week four of the Relationship Status Series. My name is Vince. I'm one of the pastors at Calvary and looking forward to sharing with you a bit this morning in the message on the relationship status of friends and church community. Now, uh, excuse me if you received an email from me this week about canned meat. Uh, Do not open it. That is spam. It's uh, one of these things where we're, we're trying to reach out, but sometimes stuff doesn't always go well. And sometimes relationship stuff is, are like this too. You're trying your best to, to do what you know to do, and stuff sometimes works great, and sometimes not so much. It was said in a Beatles song this way, what would you say if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ear and I'll sing you a song and I'll try not to sing out of key. I get by with a little help from my friends. Of all the relationship types, often uh, we'll relate friendships as one of those ones that you're in full control of. Uh, you know, as far as like family-related things, like you can't help the family you're born into or where you're born into in the world, but you can help the part regarding your friends and those choices. Jesus has some fascinating things, and some, there's some great inferences in the Bible that, uh, you know, God's been speaking to me that I wanted to share with you about the nature of friendship and some of why there are certain types of friends. You know how you have your, like, I'm going to a movie friend, and there's, like, I'm going for a, a walk, I'll call this friend, and there's these different friends for different reasons, and I think there's some background principles to that that we can take a peek at this morning. Maybe you'll identify with some of that. Jesus encourages us in Matthew 23, 23 and 24 with these things. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of, of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. And I love this side of Jesus. I just think he's being funny. And, and that's just my, my filter on things and, and how I go about viewing it. All this effort to give this tenth, to make sure that, oh, I, I gave my tenth of, uh, of dill, I gave my tenth of these spices, but I, I missed out on what he describes as the important things. He says, you know, do the former, but the, the latter is a really big deal. Justice, mercy, faithfulness. And I attribute these to relationships. Now, justice, how do you, what is justice without the people involved? What is mercy without showing it onto a person? What is faithfulness without exhibiting it to somebody? And so all of these are very much central to these aspects of your uh, life relationships, the things that are involved in your daily uh, uh, your, your interactions that make life rich. So he's saying, why sometimes do we focus on these uh, inconsequential things and miss the big stuff? He says, why are we concerned about the dill 
and you're missing about being faithful. And so he says, you, all this effort to strain out a gnat, but in the meantime, you swallow a camel. And as he uh, portrays it this way, I think if I was there hearing that in the moment, I, I, I would snicker because I, I think he's being funny. All this effort on the stuff, it's, it has value, but it's not the big stuff, even according to Jesus' own words. You've neglected the more important matters. And sometimes friendships, relationships can be these sort of things. Why sometimes do we neglect? And some, uh, I think it really can come down to not always recognizing the value that something really has. Not always recognizing the value of something. And this is an issue. I was compelled, and I, I know I've, I've shared this, but this thought is, is, is like, it, it haunts me. It's a, it's a Bible thought on, <clears throat> from John 10.10. 10, says this, the thief comes to rob, to kill, to destroy. But the life-giving words of Jesus say this. Jesus' words, I have come that you would have life and have it to the full. I have come that you would have life and have it, uh, have it to the full. That you would have life, living, and that that quality of life would be full. And then I'm like, what are the things that Jesus had that sometimes I go, D -d do I have that? So if Jesus came that we would have abundant life, surely he's coming to bring what he has. He can't give you what he doesn't have. And so what is that abundant life? You see, the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. So Jesus wasn't rocking a, you know, a big house or a house, period, to our knowledge. Why sometimes do we put so much effort on these things? Like, your home. Jesus didn't have that. What else? Did, Jesus wasn't married. Sometimes I'll think, ah, if I could just have this person in my life, my life would be full. Life would be abundant. If you're looking for somebody, I encourage you to stop looking at bars, looking, look in places like Winners, because the uh, direct ratio of men to women in a place like Winners is really high. And the women in there are already looking for something that they don't really need anyway, so maybe you'll fit right in. Why sometimes do we put so much effort on this aspect of things? It could be important, but why am I neglecting the major thing? Jesus didn't have kids. Sometimes we think, if I have children, my life will be full. Jesus didn't have children, and he had abundant life. So is abundant life my possessions? Is abundant life, if I have this, life will be full. If I have this spouse, if I have uh, you know, this partner in my life, life will be full. If I have these children, my life will be abundant. Because Jesus didn't have any of these things. Yet he said, I have come that you would have life, an abundant life, overflowing full life. But these are things that he didn't carry. The things that Jesus did have are something that is available to you, that are available to me. Jesus did have his divine purposes, 
the reason for him being, the things that he was destined, called to do with his life. And Jesus did have an abundance of friendships. We see uh, straight away that Jesus had his first uh, tight three friends, Peter, James, and John, and then ultimately the, the full 12. So why, why did Jesus, in, his, in this, this statement of, I've come that you would have life, why sometimes do we think, oh, he, he must be talking about the mint, the dill, and the cumin. He's like, that stuff, is, it's fine, it's important. But don't miss out on the big things. God's purpose is for you and, your, the, and these relationships. These are things that are available to everyone. You're single? These are available to you. You're without children? These are available to you. Yeah, you, you, you don't own your home? These are available to you. These aren't conditions upon abundant life. Uh, it's tricky in our particular area of the world. Home ownership is a big deal. And sometimes people's, you know, thoughts are, if I own this, then, you know, I will help. My life will be full. It's just not accurate. It, it, it's chasing after mint and dill. Pursuing the things that have meaning, have value, are things that Jesus had. He had his purposes, and he had a full, a full complement of relationships. The three, the twelve. Peter. If I had these types of friends, if I had awesome friends, these quality individuals. Well, Peter, we know, is a flawed individual. He, he sold out Jesus, uh, denied him. Then Jesus went and built the church on him. You're Peter the rock, and he's going to build his church on the rock. These aspects, of if I have the right thing, if I have the right concoction of people, everything will be great. It's just not accurate. So Peter, James, and John. When I think of James and John, uh, the scripture talks about them uh, this way. Mark 3.17, we learn that Jesus has a nickname for James and John. Uh, they were, their father's name was Zebedee, and they were the sons of Zebedee. But he called them the sons of thunder. And so his tight three people ended up being someone who sold him out, but later redeemed himself, and redeemed by the Savior. And these guys who he refers to as the sons of thunder. He must have just picked the most top-notch people. But it just wasn't always the case. Why the sons of thunder? Uh, we see, we read a little later in Luke 9.54. Uh, there's this, uh, this story of that they're looking for a place to stay in Samaria as they travel. But no one will take them in. Says, no one has place for us, Lord. Like, you know, like, you know what are we going to do? So they're traveling. No one will take them in. And so James and John say this. In Luke 9, 54, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? <laughs> that cracks me up. These are Jesus' friends. Lord, should we, do, should we just set everything on fire, wipe it all out? These are Jesus' chosen disciples. We think, oh, if, if I had this perfect friend, I had the, this friend without problem, if I had the not needy friend, if I had, that everything would be great. Your friendships... These things that are based on your faithfulness, the, this loyalty, this companionship, camaraderie, to share your journey with, 
sometimes is a reflection of what you need next in your character journey. Sometimes it's what you need next in your character journey. We see the attitudes of Jesus towards all people. Uh, Mark 2, 13 through 17. Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, uh, and there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Levi, also referred to as Matthew. Why was he taking people in from the four corners? He wasn't taking the hyper-educated as his friends. He wasn't taking uh, the best in their fields as his friends. Because our friends are, aren't, aren't always about that. Sometimes relationships exist in our life for differing reasons. Sometimes the relationships in your life are for you to minister to people. Sometimes the relationships in your life are for you to be ministered to. And then sometimes relationships in life are just for fun. And that idea uh, blows my mind. So would God put someone in my path just to make me smile? Would God put someone in my path just to make me smile? I came across this fantastic thing in Genesis. And I, I've always had a challenge with uh, some things are useful versus some things that are, are pretty. That looks good. But what does it do? What does it do? And sometimes people in like computer world were like, like I prefer this type of computer because it's, you know, it's, it's, it has excellent aesthetics and it flows you know, this particular way and I really like that. Other people are like, what does it do? How fast will it process these spreadsheets? You know, uh, and these aspects of, of things, what will it do? Sometimes people are like this with knickknacks around their home. Why, if I give you a gift, it's like, what does it do? Some things are just there for your enjoyment. And it's, it, it, uh, it, it absolutely opened my mind. And the, where I got this idea from comes out of Genesis 2. The Lord God made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and trees that were good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Some trees were just there to be pleasing to the eye. I find it amazing that the creator of the universe put some things in our path just to be enjoyed. That there are plants 
just there to look beautiful, a, a flower. It's like, well, what does it do? Well, some things, if it's, if we, we can understand, it's like, well, that flower is going to produce, you know, uh, this food, and, you know, once it gets pollinated, then the fruits of it are going to come. But there are some plants that are, are, they're just there to be pretty. And I love that some things are just there for us to enjoy. Do you believe that you might be there just for someone to enjoy? That it possibly could be one of your life missions is to put a smile on people's faces? To bring a little bit of love to somebody? To bring a little bit of joy to a person? When I think about some of the relationships I've made in church over the years, not just my church friends, but outside of the, the church friends, people in the community, I think some of them are there for differing reasons. This is a picture of uh, my Wednesday night group. A group of people from differing walks of life, differing phases of life, those studying in school, those in film industry, real estate people. It's got a, a little bit from, from every, everywhere. Differing cultures, backgrounds. Sometimes they minister to me, and sometimes I minister to them. The, the nature of that relationship is beneficial. This is a, a, a photo of my friends Buck and Jacqueline. I was with them for this uh, Chinese New Year. I was at their store, and they had a, this, this, this uh, lion come in and chew some lettuce, and it was whatever. It, it, was, it was crazy. It was wild. It was, it was, it was this fun uh, cultural experience for New Year. My job with them is to be a blessing to them. They're not in faith yet, but uh, they're, they're still sorting it out, and, and that's great. I think my part of the journey is to help walk al alongside of them as they need. This is the, uh, the staff, my, my side hustle. I work at a, a game store on Thursday nights, and this is the staff from there. We'll go out on occasions. We'll play board games. This is, we're out having some, some dinner together. Building relationships, and I, I, I don't you know, put myself in that, you know, thinking that, you know, that Jesus, uh, I'm, I'm out eating with the sinners. I, I don't think of that even a 1%, but I do see that part where maybe I have a part to play in their life, and it, and it whips up something inside of me, of me that maybe I have something to offer them. Maybe they have something to offer me. Maybe part of this is just enjoyment. The Lord said, you've been working hard at this. Have a, just enjoy a night out, play some games, don't think about anything. This is a picture of me and Steve and Mark. And we'll go out a couple times a year just to either uh, catch a comedy show or be out for dinner or something. It's good to have people in your life to serve the different aspects of your life. Sometimes you just need to cut loose and have some fun. Are you enjoying your life? Are you having abundant life? I appreciate it. Different phases of life, it's harder than others. But it still doesn't negate the fact that there is a value in these three things. Some relationships minister to you some relationships you minister to others, 
in some relationships for you to just enjoy the abundant life. I have come that you would have life and, and have it abundantly. How, how does that happen? Often through other people. And your friendships, your relationships are part of that. I want to tell you a quick story about a new guy who I've met at the church. His name's Murray. Murray's a cool guy. Moved from uh, Manitoba into the area. Met him several weeks ago and Marie says, I'm just new to the area. I, I, I have my one friend who invited me into the area. And Murray jumped into church life in a, in a, a, a fantastic way. He already kn- knows Jesus. Absolutely. This other part, though, where he's like, I, just, I need to get to know a few people. Marie and I headed out. We grabbed some coffee. We talked about some things, talked about life. Meets, this, meet, meets one guy. Okay, through our Wednesday, uh, uh, our Wednesday small group that we do together. So Murray meets people in there. So now he's got a half a dozen connections there. Next thing I know, I say, Murray, how was your weekend? Oh, I was out with so-and-so and so-and-so. And they introduced me to this person. And we went and played Frisbee golf with this guy. And then I met these two more people who also enjoyed Frisbee golf. And so we all went out together. And in just a matter of a couple of weeks, he's already got a couple dozen friendships, relationships on the go, and it's just like that. And so I know it's, it's not that far off. For some of these people in that mix, their job was to minister to him. For some other people, he's to minister to them. And for some people, it's just to enjoy the abundant life. I'll close with these thoughts. Do you believe that you part of your existence anyway, may be to bring joy to someone else's life. That could be part of your job. So, so often we are the hands, uh, we, we are the feet of Jesus. We are God's moving parts in this world as he directs. Is it possible that you might be Jesus' hands and feet in building community in building relationships, in building friendships. Part of that could be, uh, you know, getting out, being friendly with, with, with new people, uh, purposefully engaging with folks instead of slipping away. Do you think that that could be one of your purposes? I have this sneaky feeling it might be. I wanted to pray with you as we conclude things today. That you would enjoy, you would, you would sense that God has more for you in this area. Someone for you to minister to, someone to minister to you, and someone who you're just supposed to bring a smile. You're supposed to bake up some cookies and bring them to their house. Someone you're supposed to invite for a walk. And that the Lord would just put that deep inside your heart for the part that you're supposed to play. Would you pray with me as we close up the message? Jesus, we thank you for a chance to open your word, see some of these, uh, these, these interesting things from the scripture. Lord, and we're just trusting you for this next step for our personal and our friendship journeys. Lord, thank you so much that 
there is a new corner coming somewhere in our lives. We don't know what's around it, but that already you're putting in players to help us out. And Lord, for other people who are facing their corners in life, and you're already priming us to be a blessing to them. Lord, we ask today that in as many ways as you've blessed us, we might be a blessing to somebody else. Lord, uh, put ideas in our heads, uh, ways that we can make another person smile, that we can engage with another, another person. The, the, this, this part of carrying the gospel forward by the countenance we carry, Lord Jesus, place that on our face. Lord, we're looking for opportunities to serve you. Lord, for all of these things, we give thanks in advance that good answers are on the way. We want to be a part of the solution. We ask these mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great week.